gray sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. Welcome everyone to Rocking All Week with You, a Happy Days podcast. And we are on season six, episode four. I'm Dan, I am your host for the show, and I'm recording in a different location than I normally record in, so if the acoustics are a little odd, um, they're a little odd. We just got to deal with it and do our best. So we are here and we are discussing, what do we do, what are we discussing in this one? We are covering Sweet Sixteen, directed by Jerry Paris, both of these directed by Jerry Paris, written by Brian Levant, October 17th, 1978, and Fearless Mouth, written by Walter Kempley. From October 24th, 1978. I will be the first to admit that I have been slow with the season six episodes just because, uh, well, two two things. One, I'm trying something uh, with my main podcast, The Thanks to Super Train. For the past month or so, month or two, I've only posted Super Train episodes just to see if that raises the number of listeners. And it does. Apparently, when you put in a bunch of different things in your feed, it gradually lowers the listeners. My listeners have increased... By, by about 50% uh, on eventually Super Train since I've been just doing that. So I'm gonna, you are going to hear this episode. It's going to be great. All the season sixes will go up and eventually we'll reach the end of the series. And eventually we'll do Super Train over on eventually Super Train. But that's one of the, the reasons. And the other reason, too, is the um, that I just haven't been getting into season six. And I'll tell you, Sweet 16, which I just watched, isn't helping. Although I do see next week's episodes look like fun. This is the season with the Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas episode. Although we've already covered the Christmas episode on here. So next week's, next week's, next the next batch of episodes look fun. Let's dive into these. Let's start with Sweet 16. So it's Joni's Sweet 16, and they're having it at, where else? They're having it at Arnold's. And Al has prepared a gay Paris thing, and, and um, the band will be playing. No Chachi in this episode. Um, and it's a lot of um, Potsy singing and, and Richie playing saxophone or pretending to play saxophone. And uh, the, the big sort of plot line is that Joni's date is Tip Terrence Corrigan, who's the quarterback of the local football team, um, local high school football team. And he's given Joni a sweater and they've declared how much they care for one another. But Mrs. C has heard of this tip. And what she's heard is that he goes out with everyone. The Fonz, you know, isn't doesn't think that's a bad thing, but but he can understand exactly why Mrs. C would feel that way. And eventually, what happens is it turns out that they're right, and he is seeing a bunch of different gals, and then Joni suddenly doesn't have a date for her own party, so she's set up on a blind date with Burton Fitch. Although I think she knows she knew Burton Fitch already. It's one of those things where Mrs. C's friend is Mrs. Fitch, and her she brought along her son, and Burton's kind of nerdy and. Yeah, you you could see where this is going to go, I think. It all ends up at the party, and, and then Tip shows up, and um, the band are dressed like um, gay Paris guys with sort of the um, the jail cell black and white striped shirts on berets, and I'm wearing a beret! Give me the respect I deserve. And that's the whole basic shebang of Sweet Sixteen, and I'm going to play you a little bit of music, and then I will tell you my thoughts on it and some, some bits and bobs of info. Listen to this. You're all ribbons and girls Who want a girl Eyes that sparkle and shine You're 16 You're beautiful And you're mine Mine, oh my, my, mine 
I was really hoping for this episode was more of sort of a free form, kind of maybe a bunch of different. I wasn't expecting like an Altman film or anything, but but something a little more, something a little less, something a little more, something a little less, something a little more fun, something a little less. Oh yeah, she's obviously going to get her heart broken, and then like six minutes before the end, they introduce this Burton Fitch character who's real nerdy, and frankly, I found him annoying. Um, and it was it was funny because the it's, it's weird because the tip character, the the football guy, is obviously full of baloney. You know, I I I, I well, I didn't grow up in a small town, but I grew up outside of Rochester, New York, which is not a huge city, but is is a city. Um, but I grew up in Aronicoit, and Aronicoit, when I went to West Aronicoit High School, you know, you, you knew that um, the uh, the most beloved people there were the sports people, especially uh, where we were the football guys. And the more prestigious the position you were on the football team, the more everybody loved you no matter what you did. And you knew that the, um, you know, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, the running backs, they got the, the you know, they got the uh, the pick of the gals. And um, not that, you know, not that we were all scrambling around going, uh, uh, you know, like on a battlefield trying to grab bits of, you know, shrapnel bits of bits of body parts or something. Going, I'll take this one. I'll take this one because um, there were plenty of gals who hated football guys. But uh, but but it was always like like this. It was like Joni, who's lovely, you know, or the head cheerleader, or something like some 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 something, someone like that um, would always wind up with them. And you knew that was happening. You knew that would happen, and that happened throughout. You know, luckily the school, the college I went to, they had football stuff, but it was all all the sporting stuff was very secondary to the other stuff so yeah you didn't really um you didn't really deal with that although although I had a I had a a football playing baseball playing roommate in my first year and you did sort of see that too where he was just gross and I think I've told stories about before I won't go into it and yet like every few weeks there'd be a new beautiful girl you know who would show up and and you and you get here knock at the door and I'd open the door and go yes is Ryan here who wants to know? I, I I said, who are you? And you, you, I I talked to them, and I'd be like, you seem like an intelligent woman. Why are you going out with Ryan? He's an idiot. No, he isn't. And I said, I, I I've lived with him in this tiny room for four months. He's an idiot. And and but but that's like this tip guy just seems like a bit of a jerk. And I guess um. In the days before the internet, the days before social media, it was much easier to do something like this. And you just heard little rumors until you caught someone at it. And you couldn't get caught texting or, or any, any other sort of business. So the episode kind of starts off, and it's it's it starts off okay, uh, Potsy singing. All I, all I can think now is that Anson Williams interview I read or I saw where he just said this was the time where he he was allowed to do a song every couple of episodes and he would they would do the episode you know monday through friday and then he'd go out and do a concert on the weekend and make like 10 times the money doing like an hour long concert or so uh, than he did doing an episode of happy days and he's got a lovely voice all the songs he sings though are whew. and then richie doing that saxophone thing in the beginning boots randolph and it's it's weird because i have no idea whether or not ron howard plays the saxophone the 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 sort of saxophone thing he's playing isn't terribly complicated. It's not John Coltrane. It's not Ornette Coleman or Albert Ayler. Um, it's it's just is that and it could be him playing it. And if it is, that's awesome. If it's not, then you're kind of wasting our time. You're you're pretending like Richie's doing something awesome when he's actually not doing something awesome at all. Uh, and, and, and in a moment like that, too, you're, you're not only looking at the character, but you're looking at the actor. You know, like when you see, like when, 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 whenever Chico would sit down and play piano or Harpo would play the harp, 
you 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 you'd see the character they were playing, but you'd also I mean technically they were playing characters as themselves but but you'd also see Harpo when Harpo sat down to play the Harpo it didn't matter what they called him in that movie it was Harpo and so when Ron Howard belts something out on the saxophone you're hoping that's him because that would be really cool and if it's not him then you're just kind of wasting our time there's a weird moment that I, I don't fully understand <laughs> there's I it's it's weird with the jokes are the jokes getting worse um the Fonz has a couple well the Fonz has two scenes in this He's getting an honorary degree in, in auto repair, an MA, the master Masters of Auto Repair, reparation. I forget how he said it. And the first time you see me has like a coverall with a cummerbund, and um, he's talking to Mrs. C about um, uh, how he can't be at the party because of um, he has to go pick up, he's picking up his, his thing in person. But then he has a great scene with Joni where he um, he basically says, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to the party. And Jody says, no thanks, you know. Dad's asked me. Richie's asked me. I won't go. And that's kind of a sweet scene to see them together. I don't know why the Fonz wouldn't be. I mean, I guess the reason why Fonz isn't at the party because if if like Tip showed up and the Fonz was there, the Fonz would have just had him gone immediately. So you need to take that element out. You need you need to take sort of the invulnerable element out. Although to be honest, when Tip shows up at the party, I'd completely forgotten about him. I was just thinking, when is this episode going to end? There's a weird thing. I'm going to say this weird thing here because I just remembered it, and I'm going to forget it if I don't say it right now. It's supposed to be $12 a person for the party, and I don't know how many people are there, 25, 30. Uh, Mrs. C said, Mr. C's never going to agree to that and goes to talk to our, uh, Al. And then we see Al come out of there and go, something like, he says something like $1.19 or $1.99, and you think, wait a minute. He's going to do the Gay Paris Sweet 16. It was $12 a person. Now it's under $2 a person. And then later on, it looks like he's feeding everyone burgers, although he has like a painter's palette with mustard and ketchup on it, which is hilarious. Uh, he should put some like mayo or, or relish on there uh, too. That would have been fun. Uh, but there's, it's just it's just kind of weird because Mr. C takes a bite of the burger and he's like, ugh, hell. You know, just implying that his burgers are worse than ever. But you were the ones... Who made him go from twelve dollars down to less than two? So do not complain about how crappy the food is. If you literally, took, I mean, that's how many percent? How many percentage of a drop is that? I couldn't even. I couldn't even tell you. I don't. I don't even know. Six hundred percent drop. I don't know how much of a how much of a drop is that. That's an incredible deduction. Um, and you can't imagine that Al for Joni's party is trying to rip them off. He's trying to give them the best thing he can for $12. Instead, they say two, so he gives everyone burgers, and they complain about the burgers. Sorry. Yeah, Tip doesn't do much in this episode. The first time you see him and the last time you see him, he's a douche all the way through. And then Burton, it's weird with Burton because when Burton shows up, it's weird because it's so near the end of the episode when Burton shows up that when they announce she has a date, you expect Chachi to walk in, or you expect spike to walk in or you expect someone we already know to come in and ah and take her and they have a nice time instead it's this guy we've never seen before who's who immediately drops candy all over the place and acts like a nerd but then he's able to give tip the bum rush when he shows up out of there and suddenly he's the super hunk and the problem with him is that he's not as bad as that character that one who was flipping the coins off of his arm but it sort of has it sort of has that feel of 
who is this guy? Why is he here? It's too late for this. I, I don't want a new character right now. I want to spend time with the characters that I've grown to love on the show. Who's this new guy? And he's so intrusive and obnoxious. And then when he shows up again at the party, you're like, oh God, this guy's still here? It just it just seems like, it, it really just seems like the, the tip part is undercooked. And then the burnt part never gets started. At the end, Joni seems very happy with Burton, but you know as well as I do, he's never coming back. He had his six, seven minutes in the sun, Dan Spector, and Joy, and, and now he's gone. He's not coming back. You know, Tip's more likely to come back than Burton is. And so it's just, it's the moment Tip shows up, I thought, oh no, one of these. And then it became one of those. Then they introduced Burton, and it literally, like I said, it was too little too late. I wanted the episode to end I wanted to cut to the party you know what I want I wanted to cut to the party with Joni proudly being there without a date that's what I wanted to see Sweet 16 proud of it but instead they introduced the second it's, it's like Tip isn't an annoying character Tip isn't an annoying I have too many an, an annoying and an annoying character he's just whatever he is he's, he's the guy who's in a privileged position in high school where all the gals love him and want a sweater and want to kiss him I want to go to Inspiration Point with him. You know, he's in. Hey, I in high school. I would have. I would have probably taken advantage of of that in the same way if that if that had come. Uh, you know, my way. Um, so his character is simply his character. He's not. He's a caricature. He does one thing, says one thing, does another, and then he seems to be gone. Whereas Burton, they're actually trying to introduce someone who could go out with Joni and spend time with Joni. And I don't give a crap about Burton. Too little, too late. And so, how about the rest of the episode? Well. They give Mr. and Mrs. C give Joni pearls. We don't see Jenny, but we still hear from Jenny. Richie has a nice show. We get to see Joni's room, which we haven't seen in a long time, if at all. No, we've seen her room, haven't we? It's been a long time. And um, Richie has some. Um, Richie has a nice scene with her. She's doing her toenails, and and you, it's it's nicely done too. Actually, that's probably my favorite. That scene and her scene with the Fonz are probably my two favorite scenes in the episode because they're nicely written. They're sort of well observed. And they're both two, two guys who have you know known Joni since she was a you know a, a, a little kid. I mean, um, I think I think Fonz has known her since she's probably what like eight or nine. And obviously Richie's known her, you know her whole life. You know, and if Chuck was there, I'm sorry, I just put my hands down on this table that I've never recorded on before, and everything shook. I think that was the spirit of Chuck. There he is again. If if Chuck no forget about Chuck let's talk about Burton Fitch some more Ugh. no um but but that's a lovely scene with Richie and Joni and it has, and it has something that some of the other scenes don't have which is actually funny lines and you know the uh, Richie what brings you here you haven't been in my room since 1955 yeah and you haven't cleaned your room since then so I like that and um and she still has all I mean this is I don't know when this is meant to be now exactly. Oh, no, I do know when this is meant to be. This is 1960. Well, she's still... No, okay, because I was going to say she had a lot of Elvis posters up. But if this is 1960, then Elvis is back from the army and and back at the top and about to start making all of his movies. So this is when Elvis is still quite quite huge. Overall, just... It just... I wish it were a better episode it it just seems i mean it seems very much like a i will say this it seems very much like a 50 sitcom to me apart from maybe all the all the kind of dour soft rock music that links up all the scenes that connects all the scenes i don't know where that's from but that was making me that was bringing me down i, I wasn't fully into that 
but it it does have a bit of a fifties sitcom kind of feel sort of thing you know the 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 younger sister has her first sort of serious romance but it turns out he's a jerk and how does she deal with it and in a better episode of a sitcom like i said she would have dealt with it herself and become stronger from it in this one they introduce an annoying second-rate character who she just falls completely in love with by the end of the episode and we'll never see him again i don't mean to complain all the time i haven't complained all the time there were some things i like Al's funny in this. The bit with the mustard and the um, the uh, the ketchup on the palate thing—that's funny. Um, the yeah, the, then the, the scenes with the Fonz are great. The scenes with Richie and Joni is great. The rest of it is just kind of okay, you know. Uh, you know, you know that I love the character of Joni, and it's great to see her. She's she's sixteen now in nineteen sixty, so that means she was born in forty six. That makes sense, right? That makes sense. I think I, I just say, and then I'll stop. I just wish it were a better episode. I, I really do. I wish maybe I liked it more. I'm sure there are people out there who absolutely love this episode. And yeah, Burton showed tip. I can't believe I said that. Remember that Happy Days episode where Burton really showed tip? Wasn't that a classic? How many Americans tuned in that day? 28 million? Wow, we were entranced in, in by the Burton Fitch, Terrence Corrigan story. Whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Oh, well, sweet 16. So Joni's 16. That's the important thing is Joni is now 16. Although I've read that this was the first episode they did for the season. So, and again, another episode with Chachi in the opening credits and no sign of Chachi. So let's, let's, let us leave sweet 16. Fearless mouth. I gave you the background info on this one. Richie's writing a paper on people's phobias. He goes with Ralph and Potsy to visit a professor. Um, to try to cure all of Ralph's neuroses. I'm excited to see what these neuroses are. What might be is this? Is this going to be a Vera Smokes episode? I would love it if it was because like what I'm trying to think of what neuroses it would be that Ralph is supposed to have. Um, he likes to tell jokes. He likes goofing around. What neuroses? I don't know, but I, and I hope they make them all up. Wouldn't that be great? And I know Ralph becomes hypnotized, and presumably from the title, I forgot now, we'll find out in a moment, he becomes fearless. So let me play a little music, and we'll be back on the other side to discuss Ralph's neuroses. This is the very silly episode about where they give Ralph all sorts of neuroses and then he gets hypnotized and a tornado's coming but suddenly he's fearless. And he has a wonderful scene where he sort of mistreats Fonzie, throws Fonzie out of the out of the men's room, uh, which is very funny. And a lot of crazy running around by Ralph. Some of it's a bit much, but then um, I remember when Ralph used to be the kind of... Remember when Potsy used to be the smart guy? Now all Potsy does is stand around and say really dumb stuff. Some of it, which is some of which is funny, um, some of which is just a bit forced. And 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 Richie is um, 
Richie is funny in this when he's acting the way old Richie used to act. When there's a tornado coming and they're running around and they're all just kind of being stupid together. But there was the time when Potsy was the smart one. And Ralph was kind of this guy sort of off to one side. who didn't hang out with him too much, but occasionally they did. But he wasn't, he wasn't kind of like a bad boy or anything, but he wasn't as part of the group. He wasn't, he wasn't um, you know, Potsy and Ralph weren't best friends, you know. And so this is, this is just a fun episode. There's a tornado coming. Ralph happens to get hypnotized as the tornado is coming and becomes fearless. And it's fun to watch him be fearless. And like I said, the scene with the, the Fonz is, is very funny. But I, I, I like the fact that it's all in more or less ends when the tornado hits. I don't quite get exactly when the episode begins. But it's all kind of, it's not, not in real time or anything, but it takes place over a short period of time. You know, Sweet 16 was like, what was it, like the, the parties in five days or something, I think, Mrs. C, or three days or whatever Mrs. C says at the beginning. So that episode takes place over like three, four, five days. This episode takes place, I don't know, 12 hours, something like that. But I like it. I like it because you set an exact time for the tornado to hit, and then it hits, and it's wild and crazy. And it's it's fun. That's about it. No, um. It's good. I think I think it's just it's just a it's a funny. Are there again? Are there some force bits? Yeah, yeah. Some of the um, some of the stuff is a bit forced. Like I said, Potsy and, and when when Richie is really proud of himself, you want to punch him. You really want to punch him. And um, that that and then that there, there's a alternately funny and slightly weird scene where where um, you know Richie is the science editor. And his fruit fly story is getting dumped, but Fonz wants him to write a story about uh, the Fonz is now going to drive off the uh, steep side of Inspiration Point with three gals on the motorcycle with him. And uh, it doesn't make much sense, and um, I don't know why exactly the Fonz is doing it. I know we've seen him do daredevilly stuff like this before, but this doesn't seem to make this literally. As with Ralphs and Rosies, comes out of nowhere, and you're like, "What? What is this? What is he? What is he talking about?" And he's still going on about it, and, and, and you you think briefly that maybe he's goofing, maybe he's joking to try to cheer, you know, a red up, but. Um, I don't think he is, um, and but then there's a, there's a weird moment which is ultimately very funny and slightly cringy is the um, when he was four and he met the Muldoon triplets who really knew how to play doctor. Presumably they were four too. It wasn't like they were you know three like fourteen year olds or something who who really liked the Fonz um, because I just I heard that joke. And it's funny because you hear that joke and everyone laughs hysterically. In fact, you can hear one sounds like a young woman is laughing really hysterically. At it, and I thought it was amusing, but it's also a little like, hmm. And you also think like, boy, I wish I had someone to play doctor with when I was a kid. Nope, the only person I played doctor with was Doctor Dalberth, and we weren't playing doctor. He was my pediatrician, so he was actually my doctor. That was too bad. Anyway, they do in fact do that thing where Richie is talking over, and there is some some fun stuff when they're talking over phobias and what everyone's scared of. And um, Joni's scared of the boogeyman, and Richie's scared of flowers because he thinks they have bees in them. I forget what Mrs. C is scared of, but Mrs. C is scared of worms, and they all they all have their phobias and the things they're saying. And that's fun to hear them them talk about that. But there is a moment where he's got a list of what like fifty phobias, and Ralph has every one of them. And I thought, since when? Since when is he scared of enclosed spaces? Since when is he scared of heights? Since when? And this is the classic, and I've said this on before, we call it the Vera's smoking um, sitcom thing. And I'll, I'll bring it up again. I don't remember what. And th- this is this is something that was parodied in a Father Ted episode. And I know I've mentioned this before. Maybe I mentioned it once a season. 
but it's because it's something that happens and every time it comes up i'd like to mention it again um because i can't remember the last time i said it. i'm not going to send you scurrying around to try to find when that was but there was an episode i haven't seen it but i was told about it where vera um where i think they all have to give up something for lent or something like or some no no that's 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 Father Ted. They have to give him some lead. I, I forget what it is. Maybe they're getting hypnotized or something. I, I forget what it is. But but it's one of those where they all start off some sort of vice that they have to give up or something like that. And so suddenly the episode starts and Vera, very you know, mousy Vera, is just chain smoking like Rod Serling, just just smoking cigarette after cigarette after cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. And the whole time she's there smoking, you're thinking, Vera doesn't smoke like that. Have I ever seen Vera smoke? And you're right, she doesn't smoke like that. Maybe you've never seen her smoke. Um, she's doing that because the episode says she has to do that. It's one thing to have characters do that in sitcoms like My Favorite Martian or even Green Acres. You know, um, Not that we want Oliver or Lisa to suddenly develop a smoking habit or something like that. And if they do, someone would say to them, why are you smoking so much? Um, but you know, in the sitcoms of maybe like the 60s, My Mother the Car. You know, something like that. You might expect. Get smart. You know, I'd expect an episode of that to start up and maybe a character's act a little weird, or maybe a little something out of character. And pardon me, folks, I've developed a bit of a tickle in my throat, and I'm trying to, I don't want to stop my talking, but it's it's making me a little <clears throat> coffee, so I, I apologize. I'll edit those out, but I just say that in case there's a weird edit coming up. It's because I'm having a coughing fit. I just... I don't know what's going on. Allergies, maybe, or something. Anyway, uh, how are you, by the way? I'm afraid of... What are you afraid of? Hmm, what am I afraid of? I, I think one, um, one, one of the things I'm always afraid of is... Um, I, I, and I say this in a... I'm afraid of... And this, this is going to sound slightly weird. Cars, but a very specific thing with cars. And that's being in a car, driving a car with someone else or a bunch of people in it and having the car break down in the middle of nowhere, and I, I don't know what to do. That's only happened uh, twice in my life. One of the times we were in the middle of nowhere, and that's probably, actually, the, the phobia probably came from that, because it, it's one of those things like, that's never going to happen. But, you, you know, those sort of things we say, that'll never happen. And then it happens once, and you're like, well, that'll never happen again. But it happened once, so it could happen again. The uh, and yeah, well, I think I think part of it with with the cars is that my stepdad and I've I've said this before, but maybe not on this podcast. My stepdad, rest in peace, Frank. Um, used to was a was the best body repair body uh car repair guy I knew, maybe better than the Fonz. When he he used to he used to run a body shop and he used to buy a lot of sort of junked cars and things like that and fix them up, but not like old classic cars, just like a Honda Civic, a Chevette, you know, a K car. Um, a Plymouth Reliant, I believe, was the one he got for me. And so when I turned 17, I got, when did I get my license? Um, I got my license when I was basically 17 and change. When I was seven, when I was 17, it was the end of my junior year of uh, high school, and I was taking driver's ed. Then when driver's ed was done, a week later, I took the driving test, got my uh, license, and could drive all day and night. Um, and they got me a car for my birthday. Now, it was a car that he had bought from an auction or that had been totaled, and they put back together again or something like that. And, and so I had that car for uh, five years 
all throughout high school. And that car broke down constantly. You know, one time I was in it and they put too much oil in it. And and they, and, and, um, and it was one of those things where, uh, you know, where I, I, I left wherever it was and they put the oil in it and said, okay, Dan, it's all taken care of. And I drove away and like 30 feet down the road, there was a huge black cloud coming out of the back of my car because there was too much oil. They put in a, um, and I know you could do this, they put in the, um, the uh, uh, speedometer back no not the the temperature gauge was somehow put in backwards so I had a new temperature gauge in I remember I was on one of the 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 highways the expressways coming back from marketplace mall I happened to look down at my temperature gauge and it was past the h it was like in the super hot red you know, like when you eat a really hot pepper in a cartoon and all of a sudden your face turns red and smoke shoots out the top of your head that's it was on h so it's like, and it was like, and I was, I was like 10 minutes from home still. Now I made it home and I like threw open the car. I threw open it open and I went to put water in, but there was plenty of water. And I, I waited until it cooled down. I checked the antifreeze and the antifreeze was fine. I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. So I took it out again the next day. The same thing happened. And then I mentioned it to my, to my stepdad and he had a look and it was like, oh, they put this in backwards or, or in reverse or something. So you were actually just fine. It just said it was H. And then how does that even work? But so so that's the thing with me with cars is I've been in enough cars that have broken down or I just had something weird happen to them that when I'm driving with people in it, I can actually like feel like the car around me. I can feel the parts moving independently under the engine. I can feel the wheels turning. I can feel stuff happening underneath. I can just feel all the moving parts in the car and sort of just sitting there waiting for just one moving part to collapse and have the car just go so that's my fear i'm sure i have others i I have a fear of um, visiting a sewage treatment plant and falling into one of the vats but that i've only been to a sewage treatment plant once that didn't happen and i don't plan on returning apart from maybe comedy purposes this week uh tonight on the episode of squalor yes it's the sewage farm attendants. This week, Dan falls into a vat of human dung with hilarious consequences. So Ralph's fears are legion. I don't know where that comes from, but I guess why not just give it to Ralph? And, and then he suddenly becomes fearless and he does some funny stuff. And then the tornado hits. And they do a nice job with the tornado. They do, they do one slightly awkward thing where Ralph saves Richie's life, but... Or they say Ralph saves Richie's life. I think they're saying it just to make Ralph feels better, feel better. Because what happens is a shelving unit up against the wall, as Richie is standing in front of it, begins to fall. Ralph knocks Richie out of the way, and then the shelving unit um, slams, stops, doesn't hit the ground. It hits a nearby table, and all the stuff drops from the shelving unit. And I remember thinking, "Oh, wow, they could, that, that was close. One of them could have got hurt." But it was like, "You just saved his life. You saved his life." And I thought, and I thought, one, it was nicely done because because Ralph is right in there and pushes him out of the way at the right time. It doesn't look fake. It doesn't look staged. It looks, it, it almost looks like it's an accident. And Donnie Most is or Don Most is is saving um, Ron Howard. Um, but no, it's nice. It's planned. The only thing is, I, I'm guessing the the shelving unit was supposed to miss the table because the fact that it hit the table means like there's no way Richie was going to die. The the shelving unit stopped like what three feet three four feet above the ground 
and, and Richie would have just if the shelving was he would just hit the floor and some things on the on the shelving would have made but I but it doesn't matter Ralph saved Richie's life as they say and uh, but by that time he's not um he's not uh, af- afraid anymore he's not, he's not fearless anymore he's afraid of everything again and he goes under really quickly and really easily but uh but yeah I don't know I think this is like this is one of those episodes that I think you watch it if if I was watching when I first got back into Happy Days back in 2014 13 and the station whatever station that was that I saw Happy Days and Brady Bunch out would show like what was it like 3 hours in a row of Happy Days this would have been an episode that I enjoyed I thought was fun and I would have completely forgot of the next day so luckily I just talked about it now for about 14-15 minutes so now you know exactly what I think of it and we're going to carry on and we here's here's some great stuff here's some, some great stuff so this 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 thing great to see Sweet 16 great to see Joni uh, turning 16 didn't really like the episode Fearless Mouth no world beater but funny which is all I asked for and next up, next time we are doing the Evil Eye, which is the Halloween episode. Then we are entering November, and we're doing the Claw meets the Fonz. It says, "AKA the God Fonzer." I've never heard that, but I think it does say that on the menu. So I guess that's an actual second. I always thought it was the Claw meets the Fonz. I guess, anyways. But thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hey, be good to yourselves, everybody, and stay warm, stay cool, depending upon where you are and when you're listening to this, and maybe get some sleep if you're tired maybe and uh, thanks again for listening folks we are we still got a lot of this season left we still got a lot of this season left let me have a quick gander yeah oh yeah we got ooh yeah we got a lot so um everyone yeah be good wow we do have a lot so everyone be good to yourselves i will talk to you soon listen to a little bit of this yeah,